Well, hello, everyone. I'm really delighted to welcome you all to TNC's latest Down the Wire podcast. And today's topic, as always, is very interesting. How to manage network transformation and optimize your business case. Uh, I'm John Waterhouse, CEO of Network Collective. I'll be your host for the next 20 minutes. As I'm sure everyone joining knows, TNC is the UK's largest independent network and telecom strategy and sourcing consultancy. We support over 300 major UK multinational organizations and help them get the best possible commercial, technical, operational and contractual results from all of their network and telecom solutions. And joining us today to share her expertise is our Head of Managed Services, Claire Tyndall. Claire, would you like to say hello to our viewers and listeners? Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Very delighted to be discussing today's topic with John. Fantastic. You're looking very summery there. I like the uh, the vista, the, the, the patio doors open. Fantastic. Absolutely. I hope. Uh, well, we'll come on to this. The advantages from wor of working from home. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I just hope no one tunes in in the middle of winter and they're like, ah, this is outrageous. But anyway, <laughs> so as promised, today's topic is super interesting and I know it won't disappoint. And that topic is how to manage network transformation and how to optimize your business case. So, Claire, let's start at the very beginning. Why should our viewers and listeners be thinking about transforming their networks? Okay, well, I mean, uh, we've already started on it already, haven't we? There's been a huge shift in working patterns over the past couple of years. Um, a lot of organisations will have seen a shift towards hybrid working, um, a mix of in the office, out of the office, a greater number of uh, home workers and remote workers. And that has really changed how the network uh, underpinning the the communication technologies to support that needs to be viewed, needs to be deployed, needs to be transformed. On top of that, you've got completely different ways that people want to interact with organisations. Um, you know, we we would have once upon a time recorded this, um, you know, it, just in office locations. Now, um, you know, various types of digital technologies, messaging particularly the prevalence of video calling, has meant an exponential increase in data on networks. Um, Internet of Things is coming more to the fore. Um, that's driving to the digital strategies. Um, CX, customer experience, is requiring a level of networking technology that we haven't seen before. So all of that points to faster, more efficient, more secure networks being essential. Um, and that's a whole host of reasons why um, a lot of our clients are looking at the networks that might be based on you know, MPLS um, and that, that might have served them well for the past decade and thinking, how can I harness new technology to support my digital strategy? And I remember something you wrote in, in one of your white papers recently along the lines of if you wrote your network strategy more than I think you said 12 months ago, I think I wonder if these days we might even say six months ago, time to have another go. But certainly if you wrote it more than 12 months ago, with the changes in working practices, the technologies you mentioned, etc., you've got to start again, right? Quite, quite possibly. I mean, um, things are coming technology development wise um, at organisations very, very quickly at the moment. So we have SSE, we have SD-WAN, we have zero trust networking. What does all of this mean for how you're going to approach your network management model, your operating uh, your operating model? Um, 
how are you going to approach security? All of these things might have changed, as you say, even within the last year. Um, so it, it's something that the market is very much in flux in a way that it didn't used to be, both from a technology perspective and then also the drivers of the outside influences. So it's a very uh, sort of stormy sea to try and navigate for, <laughs> for our, our clients at the moment. Nice. I like the analogy. I like the analogy. So, um, in fact, I might run with it. So, because the thing I want to go on to, and of course, I've had the advantage of reading your white paper, which our viewers and listeners won't have done yet because it hasn't been published, but um, you, you pick up a number of points in there about the complexity of network transformation. And particularly around the business case, it, it, it isn't straightforward. It can be very problematic. Can you take us through what the main risks are that our viewers and listeners should be aware of around, I guess, not just it's not so much developing the business case as ensuring the business case is achieved? Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, the business case is going to be very complex for a lot of this stuff. If you've moved more towards hybrid networking, does that mean that you can reduce your footprint of real estate? Does it mean you, you can reduce your, uh, your footprint of hardware within the network and for your communications? Um, does it mean that you can remove legacy technology? Um, obviously, PSTN switch off is, is coming, but... Um, old legacy networking technologies as well how are you going to cancel those uh, and so on and so the actual creation of the business case um, because some of the technologies um, might be more expensive on a circuit per circuit um, basis but the overall business case might be able to really optimize and maximize savings for your business so that initial creation of the business case and the procurement process to ensure that it ticks all your boxes from a technical, operational, commercial perspective, all needs work. But I think a lot of clients going into this can see those challenges right ahead, ahead of them um, as they go through the procurement and the, the creation of the business case. Then they don't realise that there's a whole bunch of other challenges coming along right after that. So Are you um, about to ruin their day? And okay. tell them that there are a lot of challenges coming along yes. after that. Yeah, okay. There are. Yes, yeah, storm clouds <laughs> on the horizon. And I'm sure a lot of these will be very familiar to um, people listening and watching today who've gone through network deployments. Um, but we are seeing things like average network deployments taking six months longer than planned. Um, uh, 40% of organizations come back to us and say new functionality by the end of the deployment is not exactly meeting the needs um, of the requirements of the RFP that maybe went out some 18 months prior. Mm -hmm. Exactly to that point, we've already touched on about how fast um, technology is changing at the moment and how that might happen. The worst one, though, obviously, is when you've made that commitment to your CFO that you're going to um, be realizing this level of savings and it just isn't happening as a result of the deployment and the ongoing new network uh, that obviously keeps a lot of people awake at night and so we're seeing all these sorts of risks and challenges um, coming up for, for our clients when it comes to network work transformation and yeah a, a real problems caused by lots of many uh, uh, different underlying factors. So essentially 
uh, you know, you see, <clears throat> from understanding it correctly, uh, we're sticking with the, the nautical analogy here. We, you know, the ship sails with a pretty good plan about where it's yep. going and the benefits that's going to achieve. Mm -hmm. But as a consequence of all the things that happen in that process, by the time it's reached port, maybe, <laughs> but certainly by the, <laughs> by the end of that journey, those benefits aren't necessarily being realized. The deployments yeah. take longer. Uh, functionalities had to be uplifted to meet changing demands, etc. That's all eroded the business case. I mean, presumably, even something as simple as taking six months longer to deploy costs an awful lot of money because you've got to keep your deployment team in place for longer. But also, you presumably dual running infrastructure. So all of that, I can see how that all erodes that original business case. That's pretty tough. Oh. Yeah, very much so. And if you think of some of the reasons behind those six month delays, the rocks, if you will, that you might hit along uh, the way, um, they're going to be things like gathering the per site data or the per user data in order to make sure that your estate is clean um, and you know actually what you're dealing with as you, as you set off on your course. Um, the fact that you might obviously at procurement only have a high level design and by the time you get down to a low level design documentation that might throw up a whole host of technical development that you might have to do um, during the project that might add cost. Um, something we're seeing on a global basis at the moment is equipment shortage. Um, how will that impact your project? How will that impact your cost and, and business case? And then just you know uh, a, an old sort of favourite is project management failures, unless you have to keep going with the analogy, the right crew helping the ship, you could end up in a completely different place, of course. So um, all these sorts of reasons um, could impact on what was your lovely original plan for network deployment uh, that you presented to the whole business, uh, and now you're in completely different shape. And presumably there's a technology angle to this as well. So, you know, you mentioned technologies like MPLS, you know, trans, uh, delivering MPLS, everyone knows how to do it. It's tried, it's tested. The yes. service knows how to do it. The, the end user organization knows what to do. You know, if you're rolling out something so a bit more cutting edge than that, SD-WAN, SSE, even ZTNA, presumably as well, you you know, thing, it takes longer to, you know, to get to the, that low level design, the configs, the per site, processes, et cetera, because there's more testing, there's more issues are going to arise and they've all got to be factored into the, the transition time. Yeah, the simple understanding of, of your IT team, it might be a very capable team, but this will be the first time that they've ever rolled out these technologies because they are new to the market. So uh, exactly as you say, John, that understanding of how it may impact users, how testing may go, um, how things need to be configured, uh, et cetera. Um, it, you're going to have to do from scratch um, and so therefore estimating the amount of time that you're going to be able to spend on that you might not do accurately mm. you might completely um, misestimate the amount of uh, resource that you require uh, for those those parts of the project and you know that's these sorts of new technologies increase that level of complexity and that's where these sorts of issues arise interesting interesting so look you you, you have kind of ruined ev everyone's day right by Sorry about that. Uh, their, their wonderful business case is not gonna 
survive and etc uh, etc et but look i'm sure you're now going to ride to the rescue and tell us you know particularly for those viewers and listeners who are transforming their networks or intended to transform their networks they can see now perhaps some more of these challenges etc presumably this is an area where tnc can help right we're not just going to abandon all these customers to a watery grave uh what 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 can tnc do to help so I think what we found through our experience of um, sitting aside, beside a lot of clients is that as they've rolled out um, and these transformative networks and, and new technologies is being able to have a one pane of glass view for all the data, as we've already discussed, data can be a major source of issues in, in projects, is really, really helpful. So um, what we've done to try and assist with that and uh, make it clearer for ourselves as well as for the clients is um, a portal called Clarity and on that we can look at how each of the sites are transforming, track all the actions and then make sure that you know we have experienced members of the team interpreting that for, for the clients and ensuring that it's populated um, properly so that can be the real sort of hub of how you're managing the information uh, for the network transformation and then that can be continued uh that not only can that be used for um, managing all the data as i say and the actions and the deployment but also these things we've talked about in terms of testing but also cost optimization and making sure things like legacy services are ceased on time dual running is minimized yeah. um the bill is nice and clean going forward and helping to manage that are all parts of what we found really can help can help clients and, and make it a simpler process for all and try and keep things um, you know on core. It's interesting that that name clarity and the whole point of the platform being to get that data visualized, shared, etc. I, I I know again, having had the chance to to, to read the white paper and, and talk it through with you, you know, things like getting legacy services ceased more quickly making sure legacy services don't accidentally get left when the project closes making sure that the costs for the new services going in are correct and accurate you're only being billed for the right amounts so all those things are absolutely key to keeping that business case on on track right otherwise you know when the dreaded call comes from the cfo at the end of the deployment how you can possibly evidence from a ragtag of Excel and email what's actually been achieved is the thick end of the impossible, surely. Yeah, absolutely. And what you said there about um, a ragtag bundle of emails and uh, Excel spreadsheets, I think that would be a very familiar situation to a lot of people listening or watching. Um, that is That used to be the way that things were done. And you just can't, if you transforming the network you know in order to make the best use of cutting edge technologies this sort of legacy way of trying to muddle your way through the network transformation itself um just it just isn't going to work whereas continually tracking where the project is up to um where the business case is up to as you say in terms of new services and old services coming off where the billing and commercial case is up to whether the charging is correct um means that you're on top of that all the way through 
rather than just trying to piece it all together at, at the end of the deployment and then and then ending up with a horrible nasty shock um if it's not where you you want it to be as you say if you can even see a clear picture at that stage because you might have completely lost sight of it by by um the time that has come uh, that has come along and then at the end of the deployment you also can't say okay we'll take that's done because obviously there'll be constant um moves edge changes in the network mm. ongoing so being able to use the same service to monitor things throughout the lifetime of the contract is also uh, something a lot of our clients find really valuable yes i remember a, a project you and i worked on a couple of years ago with, with a large retailer and helping them prove the benefits of a new network transform network three years into the five-year contract something like 40 percent of the sites that were in existence when the rfp was issued were no longer there new sites had come in and tracking that through over the over the contract life cycle was was uh both hugely valuable but but tremendously complicated oh yeah absolutely and if i think of some um client projects we have at the moment you have things like because of the all the flux in the markets over the past two years, greater um, numbers of mergers, for example, that will obviously throw your whole whole project um, into flux. As I've touched on before, maybe quite drastic changes in real estate, how many offices, the size of the offices that you have there, the hardware that you have within the offices, um, uh, changes in terms of as we said, people's approach to home working, uh, retailers, and whether there has been a big push towards online or whether people are now far more likely to uh, to visit uh, your, your shop. Uh, you can't say that there is um, one set of changes that will affect a type of organisation. Everything is in flux all over the place. So the amount of change there is likely to be in a project is exponentially higher than it was two or three years ago. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You, you, you said something interesting. I'm conscious we're, we're starting to get towards the end, so I've probably got a, a, a time for two more questions. But what, the first one being, you mentioned having experts to interpret the data. I just wanted to circle back on that because that's a really key point that the other thing which we offer is yes the platform that tries to evidence all of this and capture all the data and give that single pane of glass but the expert people to plug the skills gaps we talked about they know sd1 they know sse they know ZTN, etc and just the straightforward resource gaps of you know so many customers now that they're, they're up to their eyeballs and beyond they haven't got people to do these things no indeed a lot of our clients have got a full roster of digital projects which they are trying to enact at the moment as a result of all the changes that we've already been talking talking about in the session so um the the resources will be pulled in all sorts of different directions within an it team at the, and the infrastructure team at the moment um as we've talked about there is likely to be a skills gap as well, just the simple fact that these technologies are newer to the marketplace. And then obviously there are resource issues, recruiting issues and retention issues generally within the marketplace at the moment. So all of those leave, leave gaps and leave challenges for the managers of those teams. And 
if we're able to help that in any way, because we do have that knowledge and expertise, we do have those resources to be dedicated to assisting with these things and have done it before, um, then that, that's great for us to be able to work with clients in that way. Fantastic. Right. I promise one last question. It's a very simple one. I think I know the answer anyway. What should our viewers and listeners do now? It's call okay. us, right? <laughs> yes, pick up the phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or, think... or a more appropriate digital channel. <laughs> oh, indeed. However they should wish to engage in their preferred customer experience. I think, um, I mean, obviously, if you're thinking about digital strategy, transforming your network, think about it very carefully. We do have the expertise in order to be able to advise you on this, and, and we're always happy to do so. So, um, yeah, getting in contact with TNC is something I thoroughly recommend. Excellent. Right. I'm very conscious. We haven't. We are just running out of time. We have now run out of time. So I'm going to draw it to a close. Thank you, Claire, for providing us with your extremely interesting insights and uh, and nautical analogies, of course. <laughs> yeah, I feel like and, you've been wearing a sailor hat or something. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. <laughs> next time, next time. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, thank you everyone for listening and for watching. Please do let us know any questions you may have about this or any other network and telecoms topic. You can get in touch through our website, www.networkcollective.co.uk or any of the usual social channels. And we look forward to talking with you all again soon.